0: So this morning, I will give the instructions for the Vipassana meditation practice. And these instructions for the Vipassana meditation practice are based on the Satipatthana Sutta, the Buddha's discourse on the foundations of mindfulness. And they are also based on the method of Vipassana meditation as it had been taught by the late Mahasi Sayadaw. We have a picture here of Mahasi Sayadaw. I know that some of you have practiced this kind of Vipassana meditation for many years. Some of you have practiced it for a short while. Some of you have practiced another method of Vipassana meditation, and some of you have never practiced. Vipassana meditation. So those of you who are old yogis, familiar with this approach of Vipassana meditation, please bear with me and to hear the instructions again. But it, all, it can always be good and helpful to have an open mind and to listen to these instructions in the sense like of a beginner's mind. Maybe one hears something different or something new or somehow then an instruction uh, makes more sense because one has a direct personal experience. And also each, tef- each teacher articulates <coughs> this um, instructions slightly different or lays different emphasis on certain aspects of the practice and for those of you who have never practiced this approach of vipassana meditation it's, it will become clear <coughs> how to put it into practice and what to do in the practice So the Vipassana Meditation practice aims at developing insight, understanding and wisdom, developing understanding and insight into the true nature of all things, to deeply understand whatever exists in this world, to deeply understand the processes in one's body and mind, to see the true nature of this phenomena, so to see and understand absolute reality. And it is through this deep understanding and through this wisdom that liberation is possible, that it is possible to see the causes of dissatisfaction and suffering to abandon these causes and to become liberated to become free from all kinds of suffering so it's the practice of vipassana meditation that eventually leads to complete liberation or to full enlightenment this word Vipassana is usually translated as insight. So, Vipassana meditation meaning insight meditation. The word Vipassana, Vipassana means to see clearly to see, clear seeing. We, this uh, syllable, refers to various things. So to clearly see the various things uh, that exist. (coughs) Sometimes Vipassana meditation is also rendered as mindfulness meditation and this is because this quality of mindfulness plays a key role in the practice of Vipassana meditation. It's a very important and basic mental factor that we need to develop so that insight and understanding is possible. So tonight, in the Dhamma talk, I will talk about mindfulness, sati, what it is, and its role in the context of vipassana meditation practice. As I said, the aim of vipassana meditation (coughs) is to clearly see and understand the true nature of all phenomena. And in order to understand all these different phenomena in body and mind, we need to be aware of these phenomena. We need to be mindful of them. We need to observe them. We need to um, get in direct contact with these phenomena, with these experiences, only then when we get in close contact, when we face them, when we look at them, when we feel into them, can we really see what is, what really exists. Only then can we uh, come to a deep understanding of these phenomena in the body and mind. So the basic principle in Vipassana meditation (coughs) is to be aware of all arising phenomena in body and mind at the time of their arising to see them as they truly are. So this is a very general instruction for the Vipassana meditation which needs a bit more clarification, more details. One big and main difference to the Samatha meditation is the fact that in Vipassana meditation we do not only have one single object but we have many different objects in Vipassana meditation. Basically the whole range of our experience can become the object for our Vipassana meditation. You know, now we have practiced one week of metta meditation, metta meditation being one uh, form of samatha meditation and so we have had metta as the object for our practice and we tried to focus on metta, on the cultivation of loving-kindness, all the time. So the instruction has been that if anything else comes up, a thought or hearing a sound or a pain in the body, so to ignore these objects, to gently put them aside, not to pay attention to them, but bring the mind back to the metta, to the one object we have chosen for this Samatha practice. Now, in Vipassana meditation practice, we choose a different approach. As I said, as we want to understand the true nature of all phenomena, of everything that arises in our body and mind, we need to pay attention to these experiences. So whatever arises and comes into the foreground, that becomes the object for our Vipassana meditation. So it's not that we choose a particular object or that we decide, now I'm going to be mindful of this or that, But in Vipassana meditation, the objects present themselves to us and it's up to us to accept the experience, the object and then be mindful of it, to be aware of what is happening right then and there, either in the body or in the mind. As I said, the general instruction is so wide and general we need some more detailed instructions for our vipassana meditation practice. And so we divide our practice into three aspects. These are the aspects of sitting meditation, the walking meditation, and the awareness, mindfulness in the daily activities. So our day is divided or consists of these three aspects of the practice. Sitting practice, walking practice and the awareness of daily activities. And when I enumerate them in this order sitting, walking, daily activities, this does not mean that sitting meditation is the most important aspect of the practice. Not at all. Walking meditation is equally important and also the mindfulness of all the general activities throughout the day this is also equally important. But just for the sake of uh, talking about them, I use this order and now giving the specific instructions for these three aspects of practice, I start with the sitting meditation. For the sitting meditation, we choose a posture in which we can sit comfortably, that we feel more or less at ease. It can be on the floor with the leg uh, cross-legged. It can be with the help of cushions or a little meditation bench, or it can be also on a chair. The important thing is that the upper part of the body is more or less upright, the back is straight, the head is in line with the spine, a long neck that makes the chin a little bit tucking in, but still it should be relaxed. The hands rest comfortably in the lap, Palms facing up, one hand on top of the other. Or the hands can also be placed on the legs, on the thighs. Now, when you sit on the floor, there is no need to sit in the full lotus position, meaning one foot rests on the other leg. If you can do so, Okay, but it's not necessary. It can be half lotus, just one leg uh, on top of the other. Or what for many Westerners is more comfortable is to have the legs side by side on the floor. So one leg closer to the body and the other leg besides also on the floor. So in this way, there will be no extra uh, pressure points. And because many Westerners are not used to sit on the floor, it can be helpful to put little cushions or something below the knees if they do not touch down to the ground. That helps uh, release some tensions that otherwise could uh, come up. So then having found a comfortable posture for sitting it is helpful to close the eyes to close them softly so that we can uh, pay full attention to what is happening in the body in the mind. As I've said now our mindfulness is aware of phenomena or objects or experiences happening in our body and in our mind. And whatever is most distinct, be it a bodily phenomena, a pain, or be it a mental occurrence, a thought or an emotion, so that becomes the object of our mindfulness. So then we direct our mindfulness to that experience and then we simply rest watching this experience. We simply stay aware with that experience, observing how it feels, seeing the maybe little changes, what is happening without interfering, without thinking about the experience, but simply being with the experience, noticing it, feeling it, staying aware from moment to moment to moment. And then this experience that may have been in the foreground may disappear and then something else comes into the foreground. So then we direct our attention to that experience and are aware of that one and so on. So the objects for our Vipassana meditation they change within one sitting meditation there will be many different objects that come up and that we are aware of what stays or what we should try to uh, establish and make continuous is our mindfulness or our awareness our presence of mind. Again This is quite a general instruction for the sitting meditation and to begin with and for those who have never practiced this kind of vipassana meditation, it can be helpful to have something that we can take as an anchor for our mindfulness, something we can go back to whenever there is nothing dominant or something we can begin the sitting meditation with. And so this anchor is the experience of the breath as it manifests in the body. And here we must understand that this is not a breathing meditation and it's not um, taking the breath itself as the object but it's taking um, a manifestation of the breath in the body or how the breath manifests in the body. So Mahasi Sayadaw has suggested that we place our attention at the area of the belly just below the navel and through our breathing we feel some movements happening in the area of our abdomen this happens naturally as we normally breathe in and out this causes some movement to happen in the area of the belly you know as you breathe in the lungs are getting filled with air and this presses down the diaphragm and this makes or causes a movement in the belly so the belly um, moves a bit outward or forward and as you breathe out the lungs get emptied, so the diaphragm moves upward and so this causes the belly to move backwards or inwards. So it is this abdominal movement which we take as the anchor for our mindfulness in the sitting meditation. It's a suitable anchor because this abdominal movement Is always present. As long as we are alive, we breathe, and so this movement is happening naturally, by itself. So at the beginning of a sitting meditation, we can place our mindfulness at the area of the abdomen, And then become aware, or be aware of this abdominal movement as it is happening. We notice the belly moves forward and it moves backwards, or maybe we experience it as a rising movement and as a falling movement, or we experience it as an expansion and as a contraction. So whatever However, we experience it, we try to establish our mindfulness on this abdominal movement. We try to be present with this movement from moment to moment, one rising movement after the other, one falling movement after the other, just being present with it as it is happening just noticing it, just observing it, just being aware of it, trying not to interfere with this abdominal movement, also not trying to alter the way we are breathing. If the movement is subtle and small, we should not breathe stronger or harder to make the movement Uh, stronger or more obvious we just leave it and if the movement is small and subtle we are aware the movement is small and subtle. However when we are not used to do that, when we are not used to be aware of this abdominal movement it can be helpful at the beginning to place both our hands on our belly And with the hands on the belly, this abdominal movement becomes a bit clearer. We can notice it more clearly, becomes more distinct. And so then we can be aware of this abdominal movement in this way, with the hands on the belly. And once we feel now it's quite clear, then we can put down the hands uh, in our lap and continue without the hands. If later on the movement becomes again very faint or we cannot really feel it anymore, we may take the hands up again on the belly, touch the belly, and then feel it more clearly. So this abdominal movement of Abdominal movement is our anchor in Vipassana meditation, in the sitting meditation. It is also referred to as the primary object. But, as I have said before, in Vipassana meditation we do not limit our mindfulness on one particular object or experience but whatever uh, comes up we notice with mindfulness so you know we start with being mindful of the abdominal movement but then when we notice that let's say a tension arises in the shoulder and if that tension Is in the foreground or when that experience is stronger or more distinct than the abdominal movement then in that moment we bring our mindfulness to the tension in the shoulder and then we let the awareness rest there with that tension just feeling the tension noticing the tension staying with it and we stay as long with this tension with this experience as it is present. We are aware of it until it disappears, goes away. And when the tension has gone and nothing else is in the foreground then we can return with our awareness to the abdominal movement continue to be mindful of that experience and then after a little while we may notice that we are lost in a thought and the moment we notice that we are thinking we switch our mindfulness to the thinking trying to be aware that thinking is happening. So with thoughts, we just want to be aware that a thought process is happening. We do not go into the thought or the story or the content of the thought, but simply be aware that thinking is happening. And so we are mindful of that thinking as it happens and also here we stay with the awareness until the thought disappears until it has gone and only then do we go back to the abdominal movement if nothing else is dominant or else we may notice that our awareness has gone to the hearing because we hear a sound, a loud sound, so awareness is with the hearing. If that is the case, then the hearing becomes the object for our awareness. So then we are aware that hearing is taking place. And also with hearing we do not analyze the sound, we do not try to find out what it is. Is it a car? Or is it a train? Or the plane? Or the bird? What kind of bird is it? So no need to think about it, to analyze it, but simply be aware that hearing is taking place. (coughs) And when the sound stops and disappears, and when nothing else is distinct, we go back to the abdominal movement. While being mindful of the abdominal movement we may notice that anger arises or boredom or maybe joy. So all these mental states, emotional states also become the object for our vipassana meditation. So for example, if we notice that anger has arisen then this anger becomes the object for our mindfulness. So then we want to be aware of the fact that anger is present. And also here, it doesn't matter what has caused the anger to arise. We do not want to go into the story uh, why this anger has come up but what we want to do is to be really present with this experience of anger. How does it manifest? How does it manifest in the mind? How does it manifest in the body? So to be directly um, in contact with this experience of anger and then to observe it, to watch it, to feel it, as long as it is present, until it fades away, until it disappears. Or likewise with the boredom, when you feel bored. Just being with that experience of boredom. How does it feel? What is happening in the mind, in the body? when there is what we call boredom and we stay with it until the boredom disappears we also may have mental images that appear in the mind in this case too we are aware that there is a mental image it's like seeing something with the mind's eye, so being aware of the seeing, not analyzing what we see or why this mental image has appeared, simply being aware that seeing, mental seeing takes place. So in order to see and understand the true nature of all these processes happening in the body and mind, it is important that we pay close attention to them when they are present and that we stay closely connected to them as long as they are present, meaning that we stay with them until they disappear, until they are no longer present. Sometimes we do not see how let's say an emotion disappears or um, a pain disappears because as we are aware of an emotion maybe another object which is even stronger appears. And so in this case never mind that we have not seen the pain disappearing but if the noise is really so strong and attracts our attention then we are aware of the hearing of that noise. So either we stay with the experience until we see it disappear and then go back to the anchor, the rising and falling movement of the abdomen or if you are with an object and then something else appears and is stronger, is in the foreground then we move our attention to that new object which is stronger, which is in the foreground. Sometimes after, let's say, a sound has stopped, maybe there is a pain in the knee that is uh, dominant. And so in that case, directly from being aware of the hearing, we bring our attention to the pain in the knee so we don't need to go back to the anchor every time and it can well happen that in the course of a sitting meditation we do not spend actually so much time with the anchor the abdominal movement the abdominal movement but that you know we are mindful of thoughts of emotions of pain or a pleasant sensation in the body and again the hearing and again an emotion and then a thought and then an itch and so on. So even if you spend very little time of being mindful with the um, abdominal movement, it doesn't matter. So this abdominal movement as the anchor or the primary object is really simply an object to go back to when nothing else is dominant in the body or the mind. Now in order to help the mind to stay mindful of any given object or experience there is a helpful tool we can use to strengthen Our mindfulness on that particular experience and it's this tool of mental laboring. For example, when we are aware of the abdominal movement, being aware of the rising and falling movement, so instead of just trying to stay with this abdominal movement and notice it as it is happening, we can Softly and gently label it mentally. So when we are aware that the belly is rising, we accompany that awareness with a soft mental label as rising. And when the abdomen is falling, we know the falling movement and at the same time we label it falling. So in this way, rising. Falling, rising, falling, rising, falling, and so on. So this mental labelling can be helpful at the outset of the practice to strengthen our mindfulness on that object. It also helps to deepen concentration. You know, it's like taking a young little puppy on the short lash so that the little puppy cannot run here and there. And this mental labelling can be used for any other object. So when we are aware of the pain in the knee we can softly label it pain, pain, pain or throbbing, throbbing, throbbing or heat, heat, or an itch can be labeled itchy, 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 itchy. Or being aware of the thought, thought process, you can label it thinking, thinking, thinking. Or when anger is present, we label it as anger, anger, anger. Or when joy is present, joy, joy joy, when we hear a sound, hearing, 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 and so on. So, it can help strengthen mindfulness, deepen the concentration, and it can also help not to get lost in the contents of thoughts and emotions, when we simply notice anger, anger, or thinking, thinking. In the vipassana meditation, you know as we try to see the phenomena in body and mind as they are so when unpleasant, painful sensations appear we try to be aware of them as they are in their unpleasantness, in their painfulness and so as much as possible try not to change your posture in the sitting I told you that in the metta meditation it was okay to change the posture because you want to really have to focus on the cultivation of loving-kindness. But in vipassana meditation please try not to change your posture and be patient with the unpleasant or painful experience in the body. If the pain gets really so strong that you can no longer bear it. You may change the posture but only do it once in a sitting meditation. If you want to change a second time then it's better to get up and do walking meditation because otherwise it can become a bad habit to change your posture as soon as it gets a bit uncomfortable or painful. And as we have the open schedule, so you know you can adjust your sitting and walking meditation. So this is the instruction for the sitting meditation. Now the instruction for the walking meditation. In walking meditation we choose a place where we do our formal walking meditation Choose a place where we can walk up and down or back and forth, a stretch of anything between three or five meters, 10 meters. And when we have decided where we do the walking meditation, we stand still uh, on one end. And first of all, we just note the standing posture. Feel the body as it is standing there and also notice the feet as they touch the ground. And in the walking meditation practice we have the eyes open because we should see where we go so that there is no obstacle in front of us. But it is helpful when we look down on the ground about two meters ahead of us so that Eyes do not become too big a distraction because if you look into the distance or look to the side, then that causes a lot of distraction and the mind becomes restless. It's difficult to be really mindful of the movement of the feet or whatever arises. So that's why it's helpful to restrain the eyes and look on the ground. But still, make sure that the head is upright and straight. Do not bend the head down because you do not want to look around. If you bend the head, this can cause tensions in the neck, can even cause uh, headaches. And the hands in the walking meditation, it's better to hold them either in front of the body hold the hands, the arms in front of the body like this or in the back of the body. It's not so good to have the hands hanging loose by the side of the body. That's not so conducive for concentration to develop. And I've noticed this also causes often the fingers to become swollen and can be a bit uncomfortable. Somehow when we hold them together doesn't happen. When it's cold outside and you're wearing a jacket or so, you may also put your hands into the pockets of your jacket or your trousers. It's a good way to put your hands away. So then after you have (coughs) been aware of standing, the body standing, the feet (coughs) touching the ground, then as you start walking, Focus your awareness on the lower part of your feet, of your legs, focus them on your feet. And so as you walk, as you take one step after another, be aware of the movement that is taking place. Be aware of the sensations in the feet as you walk. So first of all, we are aware of each step as a step, like a step in general. So being aware when we take a step with the right foot, being aware when we take the step with the left foot, again being aware of the movement of the right foot, being aware of the movement of the left foot. So until you reach the other end of your walking path, And when you get there, first of all, just stand still. And again, notice the upright posture a few times. Notice the feet touching the ground, touching sensations. And only after that, then slowly turn around, being aware that you're turning the body. And then when you have finished turning, again stand still and notice the standing posture, the touching sensations of the feet. And only after that, start walking again, being aware of each step. Right, left, right, left, and so on. So also here in the walking meditation, it can be helpful to use the mental labelling So as you are standing there, being aware of your upright standing posture, at the same time, label it standing, standing, standing. When you bring your awareness to the feet, touching the ground, touching, 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 touching. When you take the steps, right, left, right, left, and so on. So to be aware of the movements and sensation in the feet as you're walking is our anchor in the walking meditation. So this is like the anchor of the abdominal movement in the sitting meditation. So this means that in the walking meditation we do not pay attention to the abdominal movement. The anchor or primary object in the walking is the movements and sensations primarily in the feet. But also in the walking meditations we are aware of other things that come up and other things will come up also in the walking. There will be thoughts, we will hear noises, There will be emotions, there will be uh, distinct sensations in other parts of the body, pain, itchiness, tingling, tension, whatever. So also in the walking, we pay attention to these other experiences when they arise, when they become dominant, when they come into the foreground. So you might be walking left, Right, and then we notice actually we are uh, hearing the bird listening. So then, hearing, 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 and when the noise has stopped, then we bring back the awareness to the walking, to the feet, continue right, left, right, left. Likewise, with emotional states, the boredom, or the joy, or the anger that comes up in the walking, if it becomes dominant, if it is in the foreground, then we pay attention to that. And then when when that has disappeared, then we bring back our attention to the process of walking. Now in the walking meditation, if hearing a sound, or a thought, or an emotion, or a sensation in the body is kind of appearing, appearing only for a short moment, kind of a fleeting experience, then we are aware of it, we note it, we label it, and we don't need to stop the walking. But if we notice, if it is more a stubborn thought or a strong emotion, then it may be helpful that we stop the walking wherever we are in the middle of our path and that we note this stubborn thought or the strong emotion while standing there so that we can better pay attention to that thinking process or the emotion. And then when it has disappeared or dissipated and is no longer really dominant then we resume the walking. As I said, we try to restrain our eyes but all the same um, we may become aware that we turn the head to the side to look what movement was over there And so if that's happening, well then, we are aware that we are seeing something. Seeing, seeing, seeing. But then we bring, um, we turn the head again and um, look down on the ground. Later on, as mindfulness gets stronger and concentration deeper, we may notice you know, we may notice there is some movement in the corner of the eye and we may may notice the desire to look what it is. So then, we could just be aware of the desire. Desire, Mm -hmm. desire, desire, without giving in to the desire and see how it disappears. In the walking meditation, to note each step as a whole left, right, left, right is um, how we start the walking meditation. Later on we can observe each step in greater detail which means we can divide it into different parts. And so then next we would divide each step into three parts so that we have the lifting of the foot the lifting movement and when we have lifted it off the ground after that we move it forward we push it forward and then we drop it down we bring it down to the ground so then we have these three parts the lifting the pushing and the dropping. So then we try to really be aware of this movement of the lifting and the sensation, sensations that we can feel as we lift the foot. And then the movement of pushing forward and the sensations that we can feel. And then the movement of dropping bringing the foot down with the sensation we can feel. So in order to be able to be aware in this way and to really um, see these three different parts of the step, we need to slow down the movement a bit. If you walk quickly, we cannot make out these three different parts. And already, when we note with left, right, left, right, you know, we may do it kind of general, left, right, left, right. But then, we should also slow it down a bit, so that we can really see each step from the beginning to its end. So when we do the step with the right foot, that we are aware from the very beginning to the very end and then only take the next step and the step with the right foot is finished. Left, right, left. So already that uh, leads to a certain slowing down in the walking meditation. As I said, for the three parts, uh, this slows you down even further what you may do in the walking meditation is to spend about half of your time maybe 20-25 minutes of being aware of the steps in the first way left right left right and then after 25 minutes slow down more and observe the step in three parts lifting pushing dropping lifting pushing, dropping. It is good to do an equal amount of walking meditation uh, as the sitting meditation. So if you sit 45 minutes then do 45 minutes of walking meditation. And if the walking meditation goes well, you can do one hour of walking meditation, or even more. But it's not that, as I said, you know, walking meditation is less important than the sitting, and that you do 10 minutes of walking and think, oh, now I need to go back to sitting. (laughs) So really, a good uh, stretch of walking meditation actually very conducive for practice and now the instructions for the mindfulness in the daily activities in order to be mindful of everything that happens in the mind and the body we also need to be mindful of these experiences in body and mind when you are not in the formal sitting or walking meditation. So that means all the remaining time throughout the day, this is called awareness of the daily activities. So this includes awareness of getting up in the morning, of dressing, brushing your teeth, going to the toilet, taking a shower, having your breakfast, washing up, doing your yog- yogi job, and so on. Mm-hmm. So all these different activities become an equal important part of our Vipassana meditation practice. In general, we try to be mindful of these different activities. You know, most of the time it involves movements. We move our body as we get up from the bed, get up from a chair, as we move our arms, our body in order to get dressed, to put on shoes. When we eat, many different movements. When we wash up, different movements. When we clean the toilet, movements of the hands, of the arms, of the body. So, primarily, we want to be aware of the movements of the body and of touch sensations, you know, as we touch uh, the toothbrush, touch the spoon, touch the water, and so on. And as these are activities, movements that we have been doing for many, many, many years, for many decades, um, they have become very uh, habitual. You know, we just do them usually without paying attention to these movements of the hand stretching out, of opening a door, and so on. And so because they are so habitual, it's not so easy to be really mindful of them because the habit is to not be mindful of them and to think about something else. And so to bring more awareness to these activities it is helpful to slow these activities down a bit. You know already the effort it takes to slow them down a bit Already, this brings more awareness to these activities, to these movements. Because otherwise, it's so difficult to bring mindfulness into habitual actions that we just do mindlessly. But the slowing down of these activities forces you to be more present, to be more mindful. This is challenging, I know, and we fall back into our habit time and again. But this is the training that we need to do, you know, the training to become more present, to be more aware of what we are actually doing, so that we do not simply things on automatic pilot, that we do not things like a robot. So then, as we try to bring mindfulness into these day-to-day activities, again, here, the labelling can be of great help and support. You know, as we stand up, standing up, standing up, standing up, as we stretch out an arm, stretching, 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 as we touch the door handle, touching, touching, pressing, pressing, pushing, pushing, and so on. So using the labelling again forces us to be really present with what kind of movement we are doing it and labelling it. Needs a bit more energy, but it really helps to strengthen the mindfulness and it also uh, helps to deepen the concentration. So in this way we try to bring as much mindfulness into this day-to-day activities, noticing the movements, noticing the touch sensations, the hardness, the heat, the cold, the softness, and so on. Of course, also during these day-to-day activities, we notice other things. There will be thoughts, there will be emotions, there will be noises, and so on. But as there is already so much happening with these different movements, touch sensations, we try to limit it more or less to this, to the movements and the sensations. Only if there is a really stubborn thought or only if there is a really strong emotion coming up do we pay attention uh, to these experiences during the day-to-day activities. And sometimes it may helpful to stop the activity that we are doing and to pay full attention to this thought or this emotion. But then be also aware of the yogis surrounding you. If the strong emotion overcomes you in the middle of the door, you know, <laughs> do not simply stand there. <laughs> there are maybe people who want to go through the door or you know, in the food line, uh, strong greed arising, seeing delicious <laughs> meal, you know, deal with the strong uh, desire once you sit down on your place. So in this way, in the vipassana meditation, we try to be mindful and present with whatever is arising from moment to moment as these experiences are. So that means basically our meditation begins in the morning with waking up and it ends in the evening when we fall asleep. Gradually we should try to make our mindfulness um, Continues uninterrupted, having less and less gaps in our mindfulness. Of course, in the beginning, there will be many gaps. We will lose it time and again. That's normal. So, you know, don't worry. (laughs) But each time you have been lost and you kind of wake up, you know, that's good. Be happy about that. Then be mindful again. Okay, this is enough for instructions for the moment. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.